0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week... I sat down with Chris Volpe, president and CEO of Multivarious Games, to talk about his journey from working in healthcare to managing a video game startup, Multivarious's origins in the Columbus game developer community, Central Ohio's role as the gaming hub of the Midwest, and several exciting projects he and his team have on the horizon. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, the Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website theconfluencecast.com or at patreon.com/confluence. The Confluence Cast is sponsored by Little Rock Bar. Little Rock Bar is located at 944 North 4th Street in Italian Village, with 30 beers on tap. Little Rock Bar has happy hour from 4 to 8 p.m. every day. Every Tuesday, get $3 draft beers all night while you enjoy rock your cock-off karaoke. Wednesdays is Everybody's a Comedian, hosted by Travis Haywitcher. It's like trivia, but you prove your snark instead of smarts. Info, hours, and upcoming events at littlerockbar.net. Everybody's night should have a little rock. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with Chris Volpe, the president and CEO of Multivarious Games. Chris, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Tell us about Multivarious. What do you guys do? So I always sort of jokingly
1: offhanded say uh, we change the world. Okay. So we do a lot of things. My typical business spiel is that we have three pillars at OBG. We have our internal development where we make our own games, apps, you know, whatever. Okay. Client services where we traditionally work with larger companies in healthcare and education. We'll develop apps and products for them. So right now we're doing a VR therapy app for um, upper extremity injuries. Okay. Uh, we're working with Nationwide Children's Hospital on an app for kids with muscular dystrophy research and therapy app that's in global trials right now. We've worked with MasterCard before, OSU, Battelle. Okay. And then we have our third component, which is our community, and that's where we we host COG. That's, uh, I believe, the largest community group in Ohio right now for game development. Okay. We've got about 1,400 members. We meet once a month. And then we also do GDEX, which is the Midwest's largest gaming expo. We host that every fall at the um, Columbus Convention Center. Okay. And then lastly, we just opened up The Sandbox, which is a creative slash incubator for people wanting to do games and creative technology. Okay. And we did that through a partnership
0: with the Idea Foundry. So let's unpack some of that. Let's do it. Any games that I would be familiar with or aware of that you guys developed in-house? Probably. Or is it primarily... I guess I'm trying to understand what kind of games they are. Are they... Just on your phone? Are they computer games? Are they on, you know, Xbox or sure. whatever? So we call ourselves
1: a full platform developer. Okay. So we can do it for anything. We have a game out right now. It's about three years old now, starting to show its age a bit, called Hatchet. Okay. H uh, A T C H uh, like hatch an egg, not like hatchet. Okay, like got murder, it. Like serial killer. That's just a fun sort of puzzle adventure game. And the concept of that is Dr. T, a Tyrannosaurus Rex from the future, invents a time machine to go back to the past to save the dinosaurs. Okay. And of course, whenever you go back to the past, like something has to happen, right? Right. So the, the time machine blows up and he hastily constructs this like, Shitty robot, for lack okay. of a better word. And that's what you play as. And it's this robot that, like, it doesn't have any brakes, can't, doesn't have arms, can't control itself, really. And you move it around a game board to hatch eggs. Okay. And so the goal of each level is to hatch all the dinosaur eggs in the level. And each of the dinosaurs has a different impact on the game. And there's different, like, environmental effects and stuff. So that's up for free on iOS and Android. It's been around for a couple years. And then we're working on another game called No Mercy, which okay. is a side scrolling brawler. And that is currently we're developing on PC and Mac. Okay. For Steam. And then we may release on PS4 or Nintendo Switch. Got it. So we're And we're, Steam is
0: a and I'm not very familiar with this stuff, but Steam is a marketplace for purchasing. Yeah, games. I think
1: it's, think of Steam like the app store for, for PC and Mac okay. uh, for video games. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then I believe it's the largest game platform in the world, I think.
0: Well, I certainly see gift cards at you know yeah. department stores for moms to buy for their kids. Yeah, so seems a really interesting sort of business story. Yeah, talk me. Th- How did it get started? How did Multivarius get started? Multivarius. So yeah. Multivarius
1: started as the sort of commercialization arm of Cog, the community group. Okay, and that was in 2011, January 2011. And
0: so this is a group that gets together and basically says, "Here's what I'm working on. Can you help? Can you give me feedback?" But yeah. what's the structure there? So that's
1: kind, of, that's kind of where it started. Now it's merged into, uh, we'll have, we meet for Saturday of every month, at Columbus Idea Foundry. Okay. Um, at one o'clock, people come, uh, we do like basic introductions and then usually have a, between one and three speakers. Uh, those speakers will be either trying to like teach you something or maybe they're showcasing a product they're working on. Or okay. we, we might do like, a, you know, a Skype call or whatever uh, with someone from the industry. Then after that, it breaks apart, and then people start setting up their own projects to get feedback. People will network. Uh, we get a lot of students who come and just want to like, connect with industry professionals and, mm-hmm. and see what it's like.
0: Um, How many people come
1: down for it? So typically, we get 70 to 80. Wow, okay. Every month. And then the following week on Franklin to Fridays, that, was that the second Friday mm-hmm. of the month? Yeah, we do a prototype and play where people come and set up their rigs, and they're just looking for feedback. So those are the two events. <sighs> That we do. So this group formed a commercial entity then? Yeah. So a few members of COG, the COG community, decided to form a entity in which the people making games at COG could then commercialize through. Okay. So the business would be set up so that every individual didn't have to set up their own business. Okay. Now, as you're fully aware, being a part of the startup and entrepreneur world, like yeah. it's a lot harder to execute and get things right. ready to
0: commercialize. Well, and and there's a certain amount of trust, and there's a certain amount of, you know, especially when you're setting yourself up to be an asset for another group of people, but you also have to make business decisions about, like, hey, we're not going to release your shitty game because it's not there yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Did that work? I mean, did that model work?
1: So, not really. Okay. So, I came on in... uh May of 2012, April or May of 2012. Okay. And one of the first things that I did, I've got a background in operations. At the time, I was also working at the med center, OSU med center Mm -hmm. in healthcare. I've got two grad degrees in healthcare. So I was kind of like working in that startup space in healthcare. Okay. And when I came on, one of the first things I was like, look, we just have way too many people doing way too many things. Like there's there's no organization, there's no clear vision, there's no operational controls on anything. Or accountability. Yeah. Or accountability. So it really was like a community group that just kept meeting, and some people would work on a project. But you know, I, I'm a big fan in sort of the clarity of vision, flexibility of purpose. Okay, and there wasn't really either. Okay, so one of the things that I started to do was kind of just organize what Multivarius was going to focus on, okay, and, and what we weren't really. Okay, so I did a lot of sort of cutting and and readjusting and things like that. And it wasn't like, you know, if you were working on a project, you were free to keep working on your project. It's just whether or not Multivarius was going to spend resources
0: Got to it. sort of help that. Well, and so were people getting paid at that point? Or, no. You know, okay. So people were willing to, excuse me, able to continue working on their projects. But I guess I'm curious, were there a whole lot of hurt feelings during that process?
1: There were some. Okay. I think one of the really cool things about our community and why we're so far ahead of other cities is that people really like what we're doing. Okay. Both multivarius and just within our sector. Like they really love it. They're passionate about it and they want to help people. Okay. So multivarius, just back to your your payment question. Right now multivarius is six full time, five part time people. Okay. But some of those part time people aren't being paid. They're just they just want to be a part of it. Okay. But we're one of three game companies in Columbus that's like sort of sustainable and, and okay. it has its own thing. There's, there's very few in Columbus and Ohio. So most of the people that are doing this are hobbyists or just, you know, they have a full-time job and they do this on the side or whatever. But anyway, yeah. So there, there were some hurt feelings. There's just some, there's just some reality. It's not that I know everything, but like okay. I have been in the business world for a while and, you know, I've got a lot of experience and, operational stuff right and so there were some times where i was just like look this thing is not ready
0: or there was one project like game is yeah. that the kind of thing you're talking about okay yeah it
1: could be a game but there's also people doing like interesting website stuff or there's a few people doing like I hesitate to call it like big data but like data and analytics okay platforms and stuff that were pretty cool but yeah there were some there was a couple projects that like i was keen on and be like you know look we'll provide you expertise mentorship help you market it and whatever but then they just kind of clammed up and it became like, you know, it was their baby. I was giving them advice on things like, look, now you probably need to construct it this way. Like, this, this part is not ready. Right. This, this game loop does not function properly. We need to construct it like that. And, yeah, they didn't listen to me. And then they started playing, like, other people in the community off of each other. Okay. To, and I was just like, all right, we're not doing
0: this. I mean, you have to walk away at that point and just be like, "That's their project. I totally get it." Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, ultimately, it's up to them. It is their project, right? But that's why we have a we have a saying at Multivarious, which is, "You can't be afraid to kill your baby," Um, (laughs) because everything. Anybody who's ever done a creative endeavor, whether it's film or music or dance or whatever, right? That stuff, those ideas, like you put so much time into them, like they're so personal to you, right? But
0: you one, it's to- hard to one get criticism. Yeah, to change it based on that criticism, and three, be wit- r- like, it's almost like the Serenity Prayer, right? Like, yeah. God give me the strength to realize there are things that I can't control. Yep. Yeah. So yeah,
1: I mean, eventually, you just you have to learn that being able to do constructive criticisms, like infinitely important right and being able to have that come at you and realize it's not personal right and you need to ask yourself like is this idea is this concept in the best interest of the project right and 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 sometimes people get too close to the project and they can't
0: see that and so let's say i'm a hobbyist who Mm -hmm. has a great idea somehow has enough time to get a game to a point where it's almost ready to like go to market sure would you guys facilitate that for me Going back to your original founding and the original purpose of Multivarious, would you guys be able to sort of like walk me through that process or would you take it and do it for me? How, did, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So that's kind of funny. We're actually after, you know, six years of, of building Multivarious and doing these other things, we're actually kind of going back into that. So, okay. so for example, the sandbox, our creative space, much like the space we're sitting in here, yeah. is designed to help people with their startups and their projects like be successful. Okay. So if you're an artist and a let's say an artist and a programmer coming in and working on a project, you may not know anything about like incorporating an LLC or how right. do you write an NDA or, you know, how do you get the legal documents for for taxes or whatever. Right. So we can help with that kind of stuff. And we have, you know, business services that we can provide to people. And then what we have internally is just the expertise about the industry and like how okay. do you get stuff on the app store? When's a good time to release it. Release your app, you right. know, like should you take this to an expo or should you try to find an influencer? Like those kind of things. Okay. So
0: that's something that we're beginning to get back into. And so is it an incubator format? Like are you guys investing capital and taking some equity or how, how have you worked that? Or is it a fee structure?
1: So right now we are not, we're not putting in capital into projects yet. Okay. Although it's something we are talking about. Okay. So right now it's a membership. So when you get a membership at the Idea Foundry as a, as a full member... You say that you want to be
0: a part of the sandbox, and okay. so so this is not like I have a co-working membership. Mm-hmm. You're not going to look at my game that I developed, right? I need it's <laughs> like the the people who have access to like the tools and stuff like that. So it's a little a little interesting. The partnership has that Alex we've figured that out yet?
1: Well, I think we have, but okay. it's weird, okay. which is totally fine. I don't mind. We're the weird kids on the block. I don't mind being weird. Right. So the way we look at it is that if you come in for a co-working membership or for Sandbox membership. The price is the same. Okay. The only difference is that you sort of declare yourself as wanting to be a part of the Sandbox. Okay. Now, if you are just some random person who comes in and you see what we're doing, you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. You're more than welcome to come over and chat with us and, and be a part of it. Okay. We're open to all the Idea Founders. So are hours. you
0: keeping like office hours? We don't have official office hours, but okay. we're like there all the time anyway. And people so can ask for meetings and yep. it can happen that way. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And then if you become an official sandbox member, we get you on like a back end where you can get access to our like our lawyer, accountant, healthcare, that kind of stuff. Okay. And, and they provide you discounted rates. How are you monetizing that? I'm not at all. At all. No. Okay. So all of our all of our business service partners are providing a discount. As they're allowed to within the law. Right. So like the healthcare guy can't provide discounts. That's not something he's allowed to do. Right. But he can still talk to you and, and provide you okay, in- input and advice. But for example, like our, our accountant, depending on what you need, can offer you 10 to 25% off at okay. a typical rate. So you can get a discount on that. We don't monetize any of that. Okay. Our, our goal is to create a channel that allows you to work with people that we know and we trust. Right. So that you can get the answers because I, I think... Personally, well,
0: in the end, if they develop something that's <clears throat> successful, they're most likely going to work through you in order to do it, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the hope. And so you get a cut of that. Yeah. All, I mean, we hope. Okay. But, you yeah, know, th- there's no. At the end of the day, if they have the business acumen and they have the human capital to do it, go for it. Good for you. Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: But I, I always make the joke that uh, I left healthcare to make video games. I spend 90% of my week not making video games right just because i'm the business guy and there's always like oh you need two tax ids i didn't know that you right. know what's a Dun and brad street number right so it's like every week you got to figure out a new thing or you'll get that like form from like you know jobs and family services or like oh you missed a payment you get a 25 five dollar fee or whatever i'm like did i
0: right yeah, all right i don't think i really missed that payment or when you incorporate a business and you start getting hounded to pay sales taxes and you're like i don't sell anything though yeah Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a yeah. If you start selling, so we only provide services, right? So through the app stores and stuff, like when you sell something on Apple, Apple pays any taxes, right? Then they, you know, they give you the payment, and that just counts as income. So that's not a sales tax thing, right? But as soon as you start selling items, it's like, oh well, now you need a whole other number, yeah. You know, and it's just a lot of people just aren't in the position. Plus, you know, if you're good at programming, you shouldn't be wasting your time doing this stuff,
0: right? It's a lot of little minutiae. Yeah, it's it important is. minutia, but it's a lot of little stuff. Yeah. And so, so let's say you're doing a project with somebody like Ohio state or Patel. Okay. I'm sure that this can vary a whole lot, but what's that process look like in terms of, you know, from pitch to concept, are they putting out RFPs that you're sort of like, Hey, we can build that for you.
1: It, it really depends. So we don't do a lot of RFPs. Okay. I, And I could be totally wrong on this, but the RFP process for a lot of these things is so just insane. It takes so much time. Yeah. You're guessing, like, you'll get documents from them, and they're like, okay, we'll make a proposal for this. And it's like two paragraphs of information. Like, how am I – I can't estimate this project, you know? Right. So we typically don't do a lot of RFPs, though we have done a couple. Otherwise, it it really depends. So I I would put it, like – Battelle, on the one end, since they do predominantly like military projects and, yeah. and like federal funded projects and stuff, their onboarding and paperwork and stuff
0: is ins- it's really insane. Okay, like there's there's a lot of it. And but once you're a vendor and then you do a second project, it's a little bit easier, I assume.
1: It becomes easier. The problem with a lot of the military projects and a lot of federal contracts and stuff yeah. is the way that they do billing and payment is not really commiserate with startups
0: are these like sbirs and sttrs you're not getting into that right you know what that Uh, is yeah yeah
1: we've done a couple of those but okay so this is this is similar but some of the other projects that batel works on so it's just for example like we're pretty transparent Our, our rates 150 an hour right okay so when I say 150 an hour, and I just a client approves it, like I just charge 150 an hour, and like that's the end of it. Right. I don't really worry about time and materials and stuff. That's things
0: I absorb in in my process of business. Because but, you're working primarily in a digital space. Yeah. So you're not going to like charge them for a new computer. That's a capital re- requirement yeah, for you. Exactly. Right. Okay.
1: But when you do stuff in like the military contract, for example, like you have to d- show where. All the money is going all right. the time. And if you charge 150 an hour, they have these metrics where you're only allowed to, like, make a certain profit margin. Right. So as a startup, our goal is that our, our profit margin needs to be between 3 to 5x. Right. Because every hour, because we just don't have that much deal flow as, like, a larger corporation. Right. Every hour of a developer's time <laughs> needs to pay for three or four other Right, people's time within my company. Right, so on paper that looks like I'm making an insane margin. Right, right per but, hour, but I'm not, and so that was like one of the things that we had to deal with. The other side of that coin, though, is that most of these contracts are they're 250 to 500 plus an hour. So when okay. I come in at 150 an hour. They don't worry about it too much. Gotcha. But that's just an example. But then we also do a lot of like Nationwide Children's Hospital is on a per project basis, so we just do phases of this project. Okay. Each phase can range from you know five grand to thirty grand or whatever. So you know it it really it really depends on if if they are coming to us with an idea or uh, we've also sort of fortunately for us, but unfortunately for the the people we're working with. Uh-huh. Um, we've become known as uh, as a place that comes and like fixes total disasters. Okay, which is something we're proud of and we're really good at. The problem is, is you know, they'll be working on a project. They put in fifty, seventy five thousand into a project that just doesn't work. Right, and they come to us to fix it, and we're like, "Well, how much do you have as a budget?" And they're like, "Well, we only have fifteen grand left.
0: We already spent. Yeah, they we already spent, spent our budget." Please fix it.
1: Yeah. So we have to figure out, well, what can we fix in almost no budget to, right. to make it worth their time and, and provide value?
0: Um, and sometimes you're just stripping down the project and saying, yeah. it, it's now only going to be able to do these things. Yeah. Right. Um, But we have a like a really
1: good return rate on our clients. Okay. So I think a lot of our clients appreciate just our sort of honesty and being like, look, we can, this is what we can do for you. Right. This project was just poorly implemented in its first phase. Nationwide Children's was very similar to that. We received a project that was had already been in development. Okay. This was three and a half years ago or whatever. And over the past two years, we pretty much just took portions out of it, inserted our portion in there. So now the project itself is like 95% our code. Okay. Minus a few things that are like black box that we can't get into or fix. Right. So, you know, sometimes it can be salvaged over time. Right. Uh, but unfortunately, the, the customer...
0: Had, had. Kind of had to take the hit on it, you know. Right, indeed. How did you get into this? You uh, were in healthcare before.
1: Yeah. So I went. I, I, like I said, I was working at OSU, and I had this idea for an app, and I was I was working with another guy because we were trying to develop this app for OSU. Okay. Almost as like a, a side thing, it didn't really have anything to do with our my work. Okay. And so I saw this this Cog group, and I wanted to go and see if I could find developers to to assist with this project. And when I was there, we walked in, and I ended up talking to people for like hours. I sat down, okay. with, I sat down with one guy for like an hour and a half as he was showing, taking me through what he'd been working on. And in my mind, it made more sense for me to join this this community that already existed than to try to like pull these people out. Right. That's what started me being involved in it. The app on OSU side didn't end up happening. Okay. But I'd still been working with these people, and it, it just seemed like it seemed like there was a lot of talent, a lot of passion. It was it was really exciting. It's just exciting to see you know forty fifty people come and and these are all talented folks. like these right. folks who are developing games or are part of our community or come to our expo. These are the same developers that are working at Cover My Meds and Nationwide and IBM and Microsoft. You okay. know? like these skill sets are transferable between a lot of different things. Right. So these people are super talented. And you
0: are not a developer? I am not now. okay. My, Got it.
1: I always say my job is to steer the ship. Okay. makes no. sense. No, I, I do a lot of the design networking stuff like this podcasts but yeah no i i would love to learn how to code i just don't have the time man
0: right you got to get your your duns numbers all in order cool anything i'm missing is there more about like the columbus video game developer community or app developer community
1: yeah i I would from my perspective the development that we do and the projects we work on i think are really cool and, and and we're providing a lot of value like like the nationwide project for example clinical trials across the world early stage fda approval it's starting to show pretty Wow pretty good results compared to traditional therapies. Uh-huh. So, like, that's exciting to start to see those early stage numbers. It's too early to, you know, definitively commit to anything. But the really cool thing that I'm excited about is I travel a lot. So, I go to San Francisco, Chicago, Indy, Pittsburgh, whatever. Right. We are five years ahead of any other community okay. in, in, in terms of game development and creative technology. Like, our community groups are larger, and more importantly, they talk to each other. So, okay. in, in Columbus, we... Talk to Cincy, Cleveland, Athens, Dayton, mm-hmm. Youngstown. Like we're always sharing resources. And and Shawnee State, for example, just had a games conference. I went and gave a talk at OU. Started the first business of game conference earlier in the year that a lot of Ohio developers went to. Okay, so we we coordinate. Like when I'm in Chicago, like the Chicago game dev groups, like they don't talk to each other. Okay, like, there's a there's a clear delineation. Like uh, on the loop. Like you're, if, if you're right. outside of the loop, you're not really Chicago. But even within that. They just don't really kind of coordinate okay. with what's going on, but then we do stuff like GDEX, our big expo. And, GDEX, and when is that? Uh, it's the last weekend of September, so we just missed it for this year. Okay, uh, but next year it's the 28th through the 30th of September. Okay, so definitely put that, uh, save that date on your calendar. It's the convention center. But that started as just a way for Cog and, and Ohio developers to like, showcase what they were working on. Mm-hmm. This was six years ago. It was going to be in September. We had like. Twelve exhibitors, thirteen exhibitors, something like that. A small thing, a couple rooms at the Union. Yeah. Two weeks before the event, we just got like blown up with all these people emailing us wanting to exhibit and sponsor and and speak. Wow. So we're like, well, what do we do? Right? I mean, it's in two weeks. What should right. we do? And I'm like, I like let's let's postpone it. Like, I think we had sold sixty tickets or something at that point. Okay. Which is fine. I was like, if we get fifty or hundred people to come to this thing on its first year, that sounds good. That to was me. the goal. right? Yeah. But we decided to push a back to December. First weekend of December ended up being the biggest blizzard of the season. Okay. We were, six in the morning, we we're carrying crap in through ice and snow and mm-hmm. the, the union. But we ended up moving from the two rooms we were in to one of the ballrooms. Okay. We got the U S bank conference theater, I think is what it's called still. Yeah. We had all day speaking sessions. We went from like 13 to 33 exhibitors and we had 750 people from eight States. Wow. And Canada come. Wow. Wow. So just pushing that back really made a difference. Yeah. Now fast forward, we're looking at you know. And I'm sorry, how many years ago was that? That was six. Okay. So this is we're going into year six. Okay, got in it. In 2018. So in 2018, we're expecting you know more than 2,000 people. Last year or this year, we had people from 21 states and three countries come. Wow. So we have built this thing that just doesn't exist anywhere else in the Midwest. Yeah. I mean, even the, the, the speaking sessions we have this year, we had 75 STEM educational sessions, 75 throughout the weekend. Like the, wow. that's a lot of sessions, Yeah, but we're, we're constantly pulling in people from all over that are like looking to Columbus and looking to GDEX as being like the, the next, you know, the next place for the, for this industry. Right. Cause right now, if you go and you get a degree either in game development or, it could be art, animation, programming, CSE, whatever. Most of the jobs are on the coast. So you still got to move out there. Right. My big initiative and what we're working on right now is a $10 million economic development initiative Okay. to make Columbus like the place for this.
0: So you're um, trying to make sure that the predictions of the book Ready Player One yep, come true. Yes. We will have the fastest internet anywhere. Yes. And because of global warming, the only viable place to be. Yep. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> We're actually working on
1: trying to get a, uh, a little behind the scenes knowledge, trying to get a um, premiere for Ready Player One here in Columbus. I'm part of a steering committee to do that.
0: I mean, given that the trailer starts with "Yeah, I'm from Columbus, Ohio," it's yep. like, "Oh shit!"
1: Yep. So we're we're talking to Spielberg's folks, Ernest Klein. We're going to do something.
0: Yeah. Like, like even if 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 it's not
1: an official premiere, because uh, right now the premieres are in typical London, L.A., New York. Right. But we're we're really pushing to. Uh, <coughs> To do something, but regardless, even if we don't get like an official Warner Brothers premiere, right. we're going to have some kind of event that will showcase Absolutely. VR technology and, and all sorts of stuff. So that, that's pretty exciting. But yeah, the, the rumor was for a long time that uh, Columbus was going to get cut from the movie. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think on the I remember reading somewhere on the original screenplay that Columbus wasn't part of it. Huh. So when the trailer came out and those were the first you know five words or whatever. I was right. Like,
0: yes. Yeah. We got this. That's awesome.
1: Well, yeah, there's a lot of excitement here. Our community is, I mean, really, really positive and, and driven. And with just us being so far ahead mm-hmm. on, on what we're doing, I'm, I'm hopeful that the city, county and state will see the value in what we're doing and help to support it.
0: And then maybe where are you going for those, you know, that initiative, those those incentives, those grants, what does that look like at this point?
1: So we're talking to quite a few folks. I'm not prepared to like give out any
0: names or anything. That's fine. But but economic development folks.
1: Yeah. So the the core of this goal is to create economic development and and like you said, capitalize sort of on the what's called the publisher end of it. So us helping other people get those projects out, and then right. we'll receive some, whether it's a rev share, or equity, or whatever, on the back end, which then can then be reinvested back into. So a fund, a almost. fund. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So it's it's a for lack of a better word, it's an investment fund, but we're sort of stru- trying to structure it a little bit differently. Yeah. But there's a lot of really cool momentum right now. I'm, I'm in the phase of as I close out the year, getting letters of support and whatnot. So yeah. we've gotten letters of support from almost all the major universities as well as some of our public and private partners working with city council and, and others. So... That's uh, great. Hopefully that 2018...
0: That's when you'll raise that those funds? Yeah, that's, that's when we're hoping to do it.
1: Okay. And, w- and we're also creating... Uh, I don't know when we'll have this out, but we've already been getting people who just like normal folks, normal developers that want to contribute money towards this thing. Like, I mean, we've had people... F- Range from you know, I'll give you twenty five dollars, which is all they have, okay, to twenty five hundred, okay. Which out of ten million, that's not a lot, right? right. But the fact that all these folks are, are wanting to do that, and they're not expecting anything in return, this, they're not looking at this like an investment. They're looking at it as a way to support something that they love. community, right? Yeah. So we're looking at creating a um, I don't know if you want to call it a platform or a website or what, where people can donate, yeah, to just donate money to it and provide a letter of support on the reasons why.
0: They that's would, great. They would
1: want to do that. So that's kind of our grassroots level function. And then we're working for the top-down function. Because I, I really, really believe that we are, we're ahead of the curve on this. But it's an opportunity, right? Like, right. A, like any opportunity, if you wait too long. Like, you you know, won't they, be ahead of the curve yeah, anymore, right. All it could take is somebody in Chicago that's got some extra money. And they're like, yeah, I'll throw $10 million at this thing. And right. now we've lost. Right. You know, Right now, nobody thinks about Columbus. We can kind of slip in the back. But if Chicago starts doing it, they're going to really begin to pull people right so i'm I'm wanting to move fast as fast as I can, which unfortunately is not something the public sector is known for. right. but this is our this is an interesting time. There's a lot of, I think, sort of progressively minded folks mm-hmm. in government right now in Ohio that are like, how can we how can we create new mechanisms for our economy? Yeah, how do we grow new jobs like and so I'm providing a new sector of development that just does not exist in Ohio. Right, so take, a, take a shot at it.
0: Indeed. Chris, thanks so much for your time. Yeah,
1: thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite gamer. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week.